We just grew very quickly in that first kind of three or four years. We almost went bankrupt because everything was a got it, fix it to be able to re-rent it situation. And we didn't have a lot of money. So when the money runs out, what do you do? Tenants aren't paying rent, units are vacant. So we almost went bankrupt. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Welcome everyone to the Right Club Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of things about real estate investing and other things, actually. I'm Laurel Simmons. I'm a co-founder of the Right Club, and I'm joined here by Daniel Saint, my life partner, my husband, and my business partner, and another co-founder of the Right Club. So hi, Danielle. Say hello. <laughs> hello, everybody. Welcome. Yeah, so we just finished interviewing who Daniel and I have known for quite a few years, actually. Before we moved to here to Niagara and the Lake, we got to know Lena in Ottawa, and she has a really interesting story. Danielle, what was the one thing in this interview that really caught your attention? What caught my attention is that a lot of the people listening to these podcasts work as couples, and Lena and her husband have managed to survive 18 years of doing business together and she gives some really good tips on how they did that so i thought that was really interesting yeah and i think i don't know whether she said it or maybe i just thought it and she said well i didn't i haven't killed them yet but maybe that's what <laughs> i was thinking i don't know <laughs> anyway like lena is so lively and she's got great tips and tricks and even just talking about surviving COVID and, and how it boosted her business. It really helped focus. So it's really interesting. Like COVID wasn't all bad for a lot of people. It really changed things in some fundamental ways. So before we go to the interview, I just want to ask people to rate our podcast. If you have the chance, go on to any of the channels that you use, whether it's Apple or Spotify or anything, and give us a rating because that will help us reach other people who are interested in real estate investing. And also, don't forget, go to therightclub.com and sign up. It's free. We have lots of great content there for you. So, Danielle, should we go to the interview now? Let's go talk with Lena. Hi, Lena. Welcome to the Right Club podcast. It's been such a long time. We were just talking about that before we started recording that, oh my goodness, so much has happened. And it's been a couple of years before we've seen a lot of people. And it's just like amazing to have you here. So let's get right into it. Thank you. Thank you, Laurel and Danielle. Thank you for having me. It's been so long. Oh my goodness. And you're right. Oh, what a couple of years, huh? <laughs> no kidding. So speaking of what a couple of years, what have you been really focusing on the last two years? So lucky me, my daughter started junior kindergarten the September of 2020. So, <laughs> so I spent the majority of 2020 and 2021 doing junior kindergarten online in my office and it was horrible like absolutely horrible and one sneeze she's home for two weeks like life has been absolute hell from that perspective up until probably March break ended and they decided COVID doesn't exist anymore uh, 
<laughs> now magically it's all nobody cares. So it's been hard. It's been a very difficult balance because we've been very busy. We have a property management company and we were so busy. The minute Doug Ford said, don't pay rent, like our management company exploded. I've been trying not to lose my hair. I drink a little bit more than I did. My daughter's healthy. I'm healthy. We're all okay. So we're doing good. It's been hard. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how one sneeze can disrupt a business for weeks? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Who would have thought that we would be in this situation? And who would have thought that so many people would take advantage? I don't know how you guys have seen it, but for us, the tradespeople, our contractors, the cleaners, everybody all of a sudden, COVID, mm, sorry, I've got a sniffle, I can't come. And a month, things are getting pushed back and you're looking at this going, really? Supply chain issues. And it's one of those, like, okay, if you don't want to do it, just say so. We don't need to waste any more time here because... It's been, it's nuts. It's unreal what they're doing. So in terms of your business though, you said it did explode. What with mm -hmm. everybody, I'm sure, wanting more property management services. So how did you handle that? What did you do? So I'm very fortunate. So I run my businesses with my husband and he is an engineer who is very technically savvy. So even before COVID, he had created a whole bunch of systems just to automate our businesses. So when COVID hit, that automation portion of things was already in place. And we, obviously following guidelines, started to push it that way. So vacancies, things like this, everything was done in advance. Like I wouldn't show you a unit until you had a pre-approved application. So my time was suddenly much better managed because I wasn't wasting time with tire kickers or unqualified individuals. And nobody gave us pushback because government said we shouldn't be near one another. So this is the safest way for all of us. And now it's just become routine. So even though we did explode, we had so much less pushback from the standpoint of getting everything done in the beginning so that I don't waste my time driving or meeting or talking that my time, it's the same amount of time invested, but I'm producing two, three, four times the amount of results, right? Like we filled 47 vacancies just from April to December of 2020. It was fun. How did you come to real estate investing? What's your journey? How did you get started? Oh, geez. So that husband I spoke of in 2004 walked into a fitness club that I was managing. So before real estate, my whole focus, I was studying kinesiology. I was going to be a sports injury therapist because I'm a, like, I'm a lifelong athlete. And he walked into a gym that I was managing. He wanted to buy a membership. I wasn't very nice to him because that's just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that, but I wasn't nice to him. He was very like full of himself. And I was like, I'm going to put him in his place. And we started talking. He had just been laid off from his engineering job and watched a late night infomercial and decided he was going to be the next Donald Trump and asked if I would be willing to help him from a sales perspective. Fast forward, that was January, June. We bought our first triplex together. And 18 years later, here we are. So that's how we got started. Our kind of the reason why we, I think, mixed together and the reason why I chose to actually go into this business with this random weirdo who asked me to join a business I didn't understand anything about. So clearly I am an immigrant. I'm not somebody who was born here, raised here. My parents came here in the eighties fleeing the war in Iran. And my husband's family also immigrated when he was a little bit older. And as the child of immigrants, unfortunately, especially back then, you generally found 
that people weren't treating your parents well. Landlords weren't treating my parents well. In general, people were just not kind to my parents. And my parents are very kind human beings. Our whole view was maybe we can be those people who can create a better environment in this landscape for people similar to our own parents who are really good people, really hardworking, really care for what it is, and give them a try. Give them a chance, let them go. So we had that kind of mindset, which is why we went in the direction that we went. And here we are. So you actually then started investing in real estate yourself at that point. So it was yeah. it to provide some housing for people who needed it, obviously. Because yeah. there's a, there's your story is a multi-stage story. You have the real estate investing side and then the property management yeah. side and also the stilettos and hammer side. So there's a whole story arc there. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? Because it's really okay. cool. I always, I always like to hear those stories from people. So sure. You went from um, real estate investing to what? Oh, geez. Like I said, I was in a completely different track. I was on a track to, you know, fitness and physiotherapy and all that fun and exciting stuff. I'm Iranian. So for us, you're a doctor, you're an engineer, and that's the focus that you're at. And I don't really fit that mold. My personality doesn't fit that mold. And this opportunity was presented. So I was 21 when we started. I grew up in Scarborough and I grew up in a very kind of what we'd say marginalized community. So we were lower income. Obviously, my parents were both newcomers working minimum wage jobs. So I grew up in an area with a lot of colorful experiences. So at 21 years old, this man who I barely know, he's not my husband, but at the time I didn't know him, decided that we're going off to somewhere called Cornwall. And we bought this triplex and the people there were just, I don't know. What I knew was this particular property we're buying, the people who own it are going bankrupt. They have a property manager who's managing their property, but they're going bankrupt. So something doesn't jump. So we're not letting those people deal with this. I'll deal with it. That was my attitude. Like, whatever, how hard can it be? Surprise, it's not actually very easy. But I became a self-managing investor. So I took on this triplex. We had very colorful tenants who were in place. They weren't paying rent. They were damaging the unit. We went through a lot of different things. And because I was the person who was managing, and I'm five feet tall, I weighed 110 pounds. And 18 years ago, I looked probably 15. So when I'm trying to speak to people, nobody is taking me seriously. Nobody wants to listen to what I have to say. So I started to take from what I saw in my childhood for people who needed to get what they wanted done and wanted to get their points across. And I took this flavor with me in what it was that I was doing and very quickly earned a reputation as like the crazy woman from Toronto. And it worked. I got rid of bad tenants. We were starting to attract good tenants. We were able to clean up our properties and once the properties were clean, people knew we were there on a regular basis and they knew we cared. We weren't absentee landlords, which Cornwall at the time was very well known for. Lots of investors from Ottawa and Montreal who just slumlords disappeared, didn't come back. So we started to attract a really good quality of tenant. And we bought the triplex and then we bought a couple duplexes and then we bought a fourplex. And we just grew very quickly in that first kind of three or four years. We almost went bankrupt because everything was the gut it, fix it to be able to re-rent it situation. And we didn't have a lot of money. So when the money runs out, what do you do? Tenants aren't paying rent, units are vacant. So we almost went bankrupt. We had a really good mortgage broker who was able to swing some financing for us, get us out of a hole. And we flew from there. But as we started to develop 
the systems for our own management company, because now I'm self-managing, my tenants would leave and they would encounter self-managing landlords who were having difficulties and they would ask them to call me. And now all of a sudden I have people calling me, asking me if I can help them. And now third-party management started. And it all was word of mouth. We've never really advertised. And the company, the management company itself started to grow. And I realized that there were a lot of things that would happen to me when I was dealing with realtors or mortgage brokers or contractors that wouldn't happen to my husband. You're paying attention. Now we're networking. We're going to networking events. And I'm paying attention to the landscape in these events. And I noticed a very similar trend. There are lots of women in the room. They're all quiet. They're not talking. When they talk, they're getting shut down really quickly and they don't really seem to want to continue to push their point across. And that's where stilettos and hammers came. I decided that maybe it was time that we had an environment for women to be able to come in and network together and ask the questions that they need without feeling like they're being shut down. And I'm not saying it's something that was being done intentionally. It was just personality wise, men are generally much more confident in everything that they do. A man has one property that he has successfully flipped and he's up there telling the whole world and he's confident about it. He knows he did a great job and a woman will do the same thing. And generally speaking, she's not going to say anything about it because she thinks she did a hundred things wrong. So when we created Stilettos and Hammers and we created this environment where women could come in and it was only women, my husband was the only man allowed. Um, it was amazing to hear the stories and to see this network of women suddenly helping one another, asking questions, growing and developing. And we went. So we started Stilettos and Hammers in 2013, I think it was. We're still growing. We're growing. I've got a group of women. We're flipping properties in the U.S. with. We've got a group in Ottawa. We've got a group in Toronto. We've got a group up north. We did a lot of online stuff during COVID. And we're about to start back with that whole online to in-person transition in September. But it's beautiful when you have a group of women who are there and they're comfortable to ask the questions. And because we're women, I find a lot of the time they're a little bit more receptive to the kind of work on oneself before jumping into this business and looking at ways of kind of self-improving and self-reflection before they go into business, which I think is very important. If you're not 100% there and you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, in real estate especially, it's very hard to keep at it because it gets hard and it's scary. And sometimes you have no money in the bank and you don't know how you're going to eat. And if you don't have that strong enough why and that strong enough understanding, like you're going to quit. And you're going to quit right before it gets really good. We're going to take a quick break from the show. Right Club Nation, just want to take a quick moment here and introduce you to Private Money for Mortgages, which is a mortgage brokerage. And the great thing about Private Money for Mortgages is if you are looking to do a flip or a burr or something that requires a little bit more work where you might not get traditional bank financing, a great opportunity to still acquire that property is with Private Money. So Private Money is going to be at some point in your journey a necessary tool for you or maybe somebody that you know, another investor to build your portfolio and knowledge is key. You can book a discovery call with Susan and her team to learn why, how, and when to use private mortgages in your real estate journey. You can visit their website, which is privatemoneyformortgages.com. And there's a free guide to private mortgages that you can get there. And 
also Susan can help you with a vetting process. So when you are looking at properties, whether it's a flip property or a burr property, they can assist you with finding different financing options for these types of purchases. And again, it could come with a higher cost. Most likely it will because it's private money, but if it is executed properly with a proper exit, that is going to be key. So again, private money for mortgages, which is the number four.com. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. And the thing too is that if you make a mistake in buying shoes, well, it's only 60 bucks. But if you make a mistake in real estate investing, it could cost you half a million. So, yeah. What kind of shoes are you buying? <laughs> oh, okay, fine. I know. I'm- so at the end there, we're going to be asking you how people can contact you. But just in case we forget, where do people, where do ladies, where do women go to to find out more about stilettos and hammers? At stilettosandhammers.com. Okay, that's easy. Stilettosandhammers.com. So Laurel and I are a couple and uh, we are in business in real estate and some days are amazing and some days there are a little bit of discussion. But you have been like 2004, 2008. So to 18 years and the past 10 years working as a couple. So how's that going? What did you do to make it happen? I get that question a lot, actually. I don't personally recommend that if you have the option to work together as a couple and you have the option to do your own thing, maybe do your own thing. But we don't. We started together and for 10 years now, it's been full time together. And it's hard. It's hard to separate kind of business from personal because everything is intertwined, right? Your personal life, is dependent on this business. We do this full time, the incomes that's generated. So things get discussed and sometimes things get heated. And I honestly believe that as long as you love each other more than you hate each other, because there will be days where you feel like you hate each other and that's okay, totally normal. But as long as you love each other more than you hate each other, you'll find a way. For us, we found that one of the best ways to limit the amount of dislike for one another was to have clear boundaries as to who did what, like who's responsible for what. In that section of the business, I'm the boss. So what I say goes. And in this section of the business, you're the boss. So what you say goes. But we make sure that when we're crossing and intermingling, there is that understanding of, okay, here you're in charge, here I'm in charge, and we're going to respect one another's opinions. And if we're ever in a situation where we don't agree, (laughs) for us, it turns into kind of a like a fast fire game of, okay, pros and cons, you go. And whoever runs out of the pros first loses. We'll go with she or he has more pros, but it's hard. It's not an easy feat and it's difficult, but you've got to have those boundaries. You have to know when and who is in charge of what. Yeah, it's really interesting because I do think that being a married couple, well, you don't even have to be married, whatever. It, if you're a life unit, let's put it that way. Oh, a life unit. That does not sound like new agey. There are other layers that you deal with in the business relationship. But so what do you do though? Because after all is said and done and after the business is over, you're still a couple. You still, yeah. you have a child, you, you have a family. How do you take care of yourself? Because I know that there are people out there oh. who are in the same situation who are going, yeah, and I'm thinking about it, but how, what do I do to make sure that I take care of myself and my husband or my wife takes care of myself? And what do I do? What do you do? Oh, so to be honest, the first thing that I would say is those who seek work-life balance, um, stop. 
it does not exist, especially in this business or as an entrepreneur. So just get over it. It's a unicorn. It doesn't exist. And when you come to terms with there is no work-life balance, it becomes a lot easier to create a balance that works for you. So we own a construction company as well. So we do commercial construction. We build warehouses and things like that. So my husband runs that. And when a new site is starting and you're going off and everybody's being mobilized, he's not home for three or four days. And it's just me running our business that I already run, plus the child and the house. And it's a lot. So what I do is I block off calendar times. And in the calendar, regardless of whether or not he knows of it or he doesn't know of it, I block off time. And that time is for the three of us to do one thing anything that it might be that's just us and it's no phones, no emails, no phone calls for that kind of three hour block. And we're realistic. I'm not planning a whole day because it's not going to happen, but we're going to plan three hours, four hours at a time. And like in the summer, it might be a four hour chunk at Canada's Wonder. In the winter, we might just decide that it's going to be at home movie and we're going to do some sort of fun I don't know, we'll bake something or we'll do something where we're getting messy and we involve Aria, our daughter, obviously. Sometimes we let her choose the activity, but we have that at least once a week. I don't live in a world where I think that I'm going to be able to go off on date nights with my husband every week. Plus, I'm going to be able to go off on vacations twice a year. Like our lifestyle doesn't allow for that. It doesn't mean that it's not doable. Of course it is, but it's not for our lifestyle and where we're at today. So I don't stress myself over it. I look at what works for us. And then at least we're aiming for successful completion. (laughs) And I am just going to jump in here and say, I absolutely 100%, actually 1000% agree with you that you just got to dump the work-life paradigm or work-life balance idea. Like when I hear people talk about that, I just, my, my eyes roll so hard in my head as a wonder they don't fall out because there is no such thing. There never has been such a thing and there never will be such a thing. So just strike that phrase that idea that concept from your mind what i do talk about though is about harmony because you can be have a much more harmonious life if you do all those things you were talking about right yeah you're right it's a great it's actually a great way to put it is harmonious 100 percent. when they vibrate at the same kind of frequency or complementary frequencies it's not colliding and it just it feels good right it just feels good and if all else fails why just gonna say Okay. All else fails. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. 100%. If all else fails, actually, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I'm just going to hold up a bottle of wine. It's not <laughs> open. And for those of you who are not watching, I am holding up a bottle of wine. But yes, it's out on the countertop, right? Just in case. because <laughs> I'm not going to lie. To Like right now, summertime, I live really close to Canada's Wonderland. Sometimes I'll drop my daughter off to school and I'll go to Wonderland. I'll ride three of the massive, like big thrill coasters, get everything out of my system and then start working for the day because you just need that little bit. <laughs> Reset. Well, Lena, Lena, what's next? What, what do the next five years or if you have a plan for five years or whatever, what does it look like? Where are you going with where you are right now? So right now we're looking at land. So my big goal for, it's a 10-year plan. It's not a five-year plan, but the goal is I want to build a subdivision a little further north of where I'm at. And I want to create a subdivision that is going to take a little bit of the good and a little bit of the missing and put it all together. We live in an area, we have really good schools, but in terms of housing, things are not necessarily 
affordable for the majority, right? So you've got kids who have access to really great schools, and then you go into the areas that are more accessible and the schools aren't so great. So my hope is to find land, we're looking at land right now, and to be able to develop some sort of a subdivision that encapsulates nicer homes with some starter homes and seniors residents in the center. So it's a whole new concept of intergenerational living where people can all have independent space for whatever phase of life they're in, but they're close enough where they still have that support. So that's my 10-year plan. And it'll happen. This will might take 15, but I'm okay with that. That's really where we're headed. Wow. That's really cool. Like, I think that's, well, A, it's inspiring and B, it's so desperately needed. It is so desperately needed out there. I'm so tired of seeing these developments where there's no thought to the community, right? Where we have the different generations and the different, the different lifestyles, because it just adds such a wealth to each and every person's life. Um, like living next door to people who are two generations away, whether it's younger or older, or, there's just so much you can learn and share. Yeah. And it makes for a really, really wonderful lifestyle. I agree. I agree. And I think for me, especially, I grew up in an area that was not so great. And I went to the schools that were not so great and migrated up into the areas that were really great. And you see that big gap and you're not going to be able to close that entire gap, but you are, or at least I believe, I genuinely believe that we can create a situation where the first generation doesn't have to move into the basements of their children in order to be able to live. And those children don't have to sacrifice in 400 square foot condos. And like there, there has to be somewhere in the middle. There has to be somewhere in the middle where we can all coexist and still have access to the things that will help that next generation succeed because they're going to be taking care of us. So like, we need to make sure that they are equipped and they're able because otherwise we will suffer because we'll be the old ones. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Lena, now we're going to jump into the lightning round question. I'm going to start off with a question. And it's, again, all you have to do is just a quick answer. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. So the Lena of today, if you were talking to the Lena of 18 years ago, what's the one piece of advice you would give yourself? Trust yourself. You are a very smart cookie. Good for you. That's a great one. (laughs) My question is, what is the best business advice you've ever received from any source? Oh, man, that is a good one. The best business advice that I've actually received, I think, is do not take the naysayers personally, because everything that they're telling you you can't do is coming out of a place of love for you and a fear from their own experiences. I find that interesting because I just finished reading a book called This Won't Work. And it's from the founder of Netflix. And the okay. story of, yeah, he heard that about 15 times as he was starting. And we know where Netflix is today. All right. Uh, I'll ask the next one too. And then Carl will finish. So what is the key attribute that has made you successful in your opinion? My key attribute, other than like absolute 
to me. She says, I genuinely do not believe that there is anything in this world that cannot be done. Rules are there because there are loopholes. That's why lawyers have jobs. So find those loopholes and you are going to be able to do whatever you need to do within the bounds of what's allowed. And I think that's why we've managed to go to where we are is because I'm always looking for that loophole that'll let me get what I want without getting me into trouble. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And I can tell you're really smart, like man yourself, and that's really good. Okay, last question. What's the most important system you've set up? And so if you had to just pick one system, what would it be? So our management system, for the actual management of our properties is without a doubt the most important because it keeps all of the admin, the administrative stuff. So the bills that need to get paid, the work orders that need to get done, the leases that are coming due, the increases that are coming, it's all in there. It's automated. It's available no matter where it is that I go, like any document that I need. And I think that has saved me more times than I can count especially in the last two years when people, tenants have become very bold and they like to challenge a lot of what you say. And I think it's because a lot of people are disorganized, they're overwhelmed. So when you're able to spit documents back at them in emails within two minutes, um, it very quickly shifts the balance back into your control. So the admin will kill you. All right. We've talked a lot about business. I Mm -hmm. want to finish with something light. So Lena, Can you share with us something funny or cute or interesting about you that most people would be surprised to hear? So I play five instruments. (laughs) I play the piano, the flute, the clarinet, the violin, and the cello. And I started playing cello when I was in the third grade. I was like maybe two and a half feet tall and weighed 30 pounds. And the cello was twice the size that I was. And I was dragging it like through the halls <laughs> behind me everywhere that I was going. But yeah, I play five instruments. Wow. Uh, I don't think anybody expects that of me. Just yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. But the one question we didn't ask is, are you good on all of them? No, <laughs> I have a concert pianist for a cousin. Like she's world renowned. When you compare it to her, none of us play well. But I did pretty good. I can hold my own and I have moments, but I was really good when I played. I'm not so great now. It's been a long time. <laughs> oh, good for you though. So Lena, where, again, where can people reach you? They can, stilettosandhammers.com contact us. You can call me if you really want or text me is probably better. 647-557-3401. That's probably the easiest is just to shoot me off a text and just say, hi, this is who I am. And this is where I found you. Otherwise I will. We'll put that in the show notes so people can. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the best way for me. Honestly, I spend a lot of time driving, a lot of time driving. Okay. Thank you so very much. It was wonderful. Thank you guys. Yes. Okay. It was so good to see you guys too. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and for having me and I hope your network enjoys our conversation. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye. So Danielle, wow. She's a powerhouse, isn't she? Yes. And what's interesting about that is that she's right. I think she's five foot two, 105 pounds or something like that. So you wouldn't know when she walks into a room that she can displace that much, that she can be that impressive in her business. But yeah, she's a big player for a little person. She's got a lot of energy and she really knows what she's talking about. It's obvious she's passionate about it. And uh, yeah, go check out her website and see what she's doing because Lena's a great person and she's got lots of great ideas and lots of great contacts. So with that, we will say goodbye and please join us for our next podcast recording here at the Red Club. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.